CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome to today's show. Uh, Since this is uh, Medicare open enrollment season, I thought it would be a good opportunity to have a special edition of Your Money and Your Life, where we discuss the ABCs of Medicare and navigate through all the complexities. So today we have a special guest, um, and no, it's not Joe Namath, AKA Broadway Joe. I'm a big Jets fan, love Joe Namath. Today we have a true Medicare expert, and his name is Ray Martin, AKA Hollywood Ray, since he's from California. Ray's a nationally recognized Medicare expert, owner of a wealth management an insurance firm in Newport Beach, California. And Ray's also the author of a book called The Nuts and Bolts of Original Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Medicare Supplement Insurance. And Ray's been helping people with Medicare for over 25 years and has worked with thousands of families over the years. So Ray, we were joking off air. I feel like, what did I leave out there? Your Heisman Trophy or maybe your Academy Award? You have a lot of credentials here. Ray, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Don. Good to, good to talk to you again, and I uh, appreciate the introduction. Yeah, I think we'll leave off the Heisman Trophy for right now. <laughs> well, again, thanks for being on the show. And uh, of course, uh, I'm glad you could take the time. Uh, I know this is a very busy season for you and your company with Medicare open enrollment going fast and furious. On our last show, actually, we were discussing milestone ages in retirement, Ray. And of course, age 65 came up as a, the most important age out of those milestones. And we skimmed the surface a little bit about Medicare on the show, but there's so much to discuss. I thought it would be better to have the special edition and we can take a, a deeper dive into Medicare and and go through all the nuances. But before we get into Medicare open enrollment, let's talk, step back and talk about Medicare basics for a moment. It's such an important part of a comprehensive retirement plan, yet it's it's really very misunderstood. So can you give us a, an overview on Medicare first? And we can start with uh, part A and B, and then of course, get into C and D as well as Medicare supplements and advantage plans. So what is part A and B? A couple of questions. Who's eligible? Uh, What are the benefits and how much does it cost? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Medicare tends to be very confusing for folks that are, are reaching Medicare age, which is age 65. A little bit of background on Medicare. It first was created in 1965 and signed into law uh, during the the Great um, Society passage through Congress. It was signed into law by Lyndon Johnson. And um, today there's about 63 million people on Medicare. And actually, the baby boomers are the biggest group right now that's joining Medicare. Anyone born between 1946 and 1964 as part of the baby boom generation. So that means about 10,000 people a day are turning 65 in the United States. Medicare originally started as just kind of a catastrophic um, way to protect older people in America, um, but it's actually expanded, evolved, and, and developed since that time. So that's really a very comprehensive medical plan. It's probably 
when you combine it with a supplemental insurance, it's probably the best medical insurance you can buy in the United States today. So you want to know a little bit about Part A and Part B? Yes. Okay. So Part A and Part B are called original Medicare. So those were the only two parts that Medicare had when it first was signed into law in 1965. So there's a lot of confusion about this when people reach Medicare age because they just simply don't deal with it all the time. So it's very confusing. What's all this A, B, C, D, and then there's these supplements that are A, B, C, D, F, all the way through N. So real simple explanation. The four part main parts of Medicare, Medicare today are A, B, C, and D. Part A of Medicare is hospitalization. So anytime someone who's on Medicare ends up in a hospital, for any reason, even it could be an elective surgery, they're going to be covered under Part A of Medicare. Part B of Medicare is going to be their doctors, their specialists, when they go to a lab and have a blood test, if they have to have physical therapy, or if they have to receive chemotherapy, or there's a long, long list of things that are included under Part B of Medicare. Um, so those are the main two parts of Medicare. And by the way, Original Medicare is a fee-for-service insurance system, Don. And what that means is that a fee-for-service means you have complete freedom of choice to go to any provider or any clinic or any medical group or any hospital that is contracted with Medicare. There's no in-network and out-of-network like there mm. is, say, with an HMO or a PPO. Got it. So you know, then I guess we can think of Medicare, original Medicare, Ray, with the Part A and Part B as, as true universal coverage, comprehensive coverage. And you're going to find um, that just about all doctors, all hospitals are going to participate. So if I was sick and I had to go to the Mayo Clinic in Minneapolis, then there wouldn't be an issue of getting a referral or whether it's in the network or out of the network. It would be covered uh, through Medicare, as provided I was signed up for Medicare, correct? Yeah. So if you had original Medicare, 100% of the hospitals in the United States are contracted with Medicare. And the only hospitals that are not, by the way, are VA hospitals. But you could go to any hospital literally in the United States, and over 93% of physicians and doctors are also contracted with Medicare. So it is, when you say universal, it really is a completely open, there is no in-network or out-of-network. It's a completely open network. And you go and you when you receive services from a doctor or a physician, they file a claim with Medicare and they get paid for whatever services they provided. Got it. So once in a while, I guess you can find a doctor, you know, whether they're in on Park Avenue in Manhattan or some uh, high rent district that's perhaps plastic surgeon or someone that does holistic right. medicine that Never may not knows. accept Medicare and their cash only. But for most right. of us Americans, you're going to find that our doctors are going to participate and the hospitals will as well. But talk about this premium for Medicare and that um, $148 a month that people, most people get deducted from their social security or they pay quarterly. How does that relate to part A and part B? Yeah. So yeah, if I could just step back for one second and also and just mention when someone becomes eligible for Medicare when they turn age 65, and by the way, Medicare is not, it is not welfare. A lot of people get this confused. Medicare is an entitlement. So we're paying for that. Every time you see a, you get a paycheck, um, you'll see there's something missing from that paycheck for Medicare. So once you turn age 65, you become eligible for Medicare. 
once you go on Medicare Part B, there is a monthly premium. That monthly premium right now is $148.50. Part A, because we're paying for that through our taxes, there is no charge for Part A. As long as you've worked at least 40 quarters, which is 10 years, and you've paid into the system for 10 years, there's no charge for Part A. Part B is $148. And by the way, you pay for Part B regardless of whether you're in a Medicare supplement or in a Medicare Advantage plan. Got it. So that that makes a lot of sense. So as we're working in our careers, let's say between the ages of 25 and 65, we're paying for Medicare Part A as a deduction from our paychecks. It's a little over 1%, right? So if you're making $100,000 a year, you might get uh, $1,300 or so deducted from your pay. If it's two or three or four or 500,000, it's, it's the same percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're retired and you sign up for, part, for Medicare traditional, you're going to have uh, Part A, which there's no charge for, and Part B, there's that $148 premium. Could be more depending upon your income, but that's, you know, for most people, it's $148, correct? That's right. Yeah. All there right. are some higher tiers, and we can yep. talk about that another time uh, for higher income earners, but the, the base uh, premium is going to be $148.50 for, for Part B. Now, it's important for people to understand because there's a lot of people, let's face it, when Medicare first started, age 65 was like, wow, that's old. <laughs> but 65 today is like the new 45, right? <laughs> <laughs> so people turning age 65, a lot of people are working past age 65. So a lot of we get a lot of questions, well, what should I do about Medicare when I'm turning 65 of, hey, I'm, I'm still working. I plan to keep working until I'm 70 or beyond. Well, you do not have... So someone who decides to work past age 65, they can opt out of Part B and just enroll in Part A only because Part B has a premium. And if they're continuing to work, they're usually covered under their employer group insurance. So they don't have to worry about enrolling in Part B if they're going to continue working and they're covered under employer insurance plans. Yeah, that's a great point, Ray. I'm seeing more and more of that with people who hit age 65 and they're working for a big company and they like their job and they don't really want to retire and they have comprehensive coverage. So it might cover uh, dental and vision and, and hearing and prescription drugs and, and they may be paying a little bit of premium, but not much. And they're like, right. hey, I don't want to sign up for Medicare uh, Medicare Part B and, and pay that $148 or more premium. So they stay uh, working and, and right. uh, they can continue with their company plan. So that's you know the so-called original Medicare that's been around, gosh, since you mentioned 1965. So our parents and grandparents have been on this uh, traditional Medicare for f- almost 60 years. That's you right. mentioned that Part B doesn't cover all the costs of care, I believe. So it's about 80% of the costs. Mm -hmm. So if someone has a serious illness like cancer or a surgery or something like COVID, right, that could run into real money at the hospital, that's where the Medicare supplements come into play. So talk about that. Yeah. And if I can just step back for one second, Don, before I answer your question there, I'm going back to the employer insurance coverage. A lot of people are worried about, well, if I stay on my employer insurance and I don't sign up for Medicare, won't I have a penalty later? And the answer to that is no. So the exception is that if the person stays on their employer insurance coverage, they're allowed to get back into Medicare at a later time at age 68 or age 70 or age 72. We've even had someone who came to us who 
owned his own company, stayed on the company insurance until he was 90. Wow. And then enrolled in Medicare. And there is no penalty. All right. That's good to know. And it yeah. depends on the size of the company and whether you have what they call what the creditable coverage. Is that the term that they use? Right. It's Medicare? called credible coverage. So yes, if a company has 20 or more employees, then even if someone signs up for part A, the group insurance is primary and Medicare is secondary. If they work for a company with less than 20 employees, so one to 19, then when they turn age 65, they do need to enroll in both part A and part B because Medicare be automatically becomes primary. Yeah, good stuff. Good point. So let's talk about the Medicare supplements, uh, Ray. That okay. comes into play to cover um, that part B that's not fully covered with traditional Medicare. So let's get into that. Yeah, sure. So a Medicare, and I always say this to, to people that we meet with and our clients is that Medicare is really the Cadillac of coverage, in my opinion, compared to even what you can get out in the open market or what even employers can offer. Um, but Medicare covers you for everything, everything imaginable, anything that's medically necessary is going to be covered by Medicare, but Medicare doesn't pay for everything. So there are what are called gaps in Medicare coverage. So for example, if someone is hospitalized, they're, for the first 60 days of hospitalization, they have complete coverage for everything except for a deductible of about $1,500. After 60 days, it becomes a daily copayment of $371 a day. And after 90 days of hospitalization, and a lot of people think, well, I'm never going to be in the hospital past 90 days. My mother was in the hospital at Hogue Hospital in Orange County, California for 120 days. Wow. So I know it can happen. So after 90 days, I'm sorry, after, uh, yeah, after 90 days, that goes up to $730 per day that is not paid for by Medicare. So for that reason, people, when they stay on original Medicare, they'll usually combine that with what's called a Medicare supplement. It's also referred to as Medigap insurance. Now that also applies to part B of Medicare, because as you said, Medicare part B is only covering 80% of all those services and all those charges. Now, if you're just going to a doctor's office, that's not very expensive because what's a doctor's office visit? Maybe $200. So 20% of that would be $40. But what if you needed to have chemotherapy? Well, chemotherapy runs about $3,000 every treatment, every two weeks or three weeks. That money begins to pile up. And mm -hmm. you can see that, and by the way, there's no cap on that 20% of part B. So we've had clients that in the past have had huge medical bills. I'm talking about in the eight and $900,000 range. And they had original Medicare, but they combined it with a supplement and they paid nothing out of pocket. Got it. I mean, and so it, that seems like it's, it's pretty much a no-brainer. And, and I find that all my clients have a Medicare supplement to, to cover that gap. I mean, I, right. I can't re remember the last time I read into someone who said, oh, I, I went without a Medicare supplement. But you know what I do uh, hear from clients, it gets a little confusing, is we have Medicare, of course, Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D, but now these Medigap policies are also Medigap A, B, C, <laughs> D, right? So you have like 10 different Medigap uh, letters, and th I think that gets very confusing. Someone could have you know, Medicare, uh, a Medigap policy, uh, Plan F, uh, that covers 
part B, and that's where I think a, a lot of uh, people start, um, the eyes start glazing over a little bit. So there are, am I correct on that, about 10 different Medigap plans? And, and tell me um, you know, about them and, and what do the premiums typically range from? Yeah, and you can see why it becomes so confusing for people who are just turning 65 because you're, you've got A, B, C, and D of Medicare, and then you've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P of <laughs> Medicare supplements. It becomes just a complete um, you know, nightmare. Okay, so here's the simple way to differentiate between Medicare and Medicare supplements. Medicare are parts. So it's part A, part B, part C, part D, and Medigap insurance are plans. It's plan A, B, C, D. Now, here's, I'll really simplify it for everybody. The top Medicare supplement, okay? You don't need to worry about A through Z Medicare supplements. If someone is going on original Medicare and they want to have the Cadillac coverage, think of it this way. Think of the, the letter G as in good, as in great. That is the top Medicare sol, uh, supplement plan available in the United States today, and Plan G will pick up all the deductibles, all the co-payments, and all the co-insurance that Medicare doesn't pay except for that small Part B deductible of $203 a year. That's a year. Got it. And what do these plans typically range from in terms of the plan cost for a Medigap uh, plan. What's the typical uh, range of premiums per yeah, month? So, so, you know, I'm in California. So here, you know, rates run a start for someone who's turning age 65 uh, on a plan G is about $140 a month. Um, there are some states that are higher than that starting at age 65. But the average cost, if you averaged everybody, you know, between age 65 and 90 in the United States, you're looking at about $200 a month in premium for a plan G. A Medicare supplement, and you combine that with you know what you have to pay for uh, for Part B is in boy of Medicare, which is one hundred and forty eight dollars. You're looking at about three hundred dollars a month to have what I call Cadillac insurance. Right. So with the P Part B of one forty eight and the Medicare supplement, let's call it two hundred a month just to be rounded off. Yeah, that's maybe three three fifty a month on the high side. Mm -hmm. And I have, uh, of course, we talked about this before. I have many clients that pay some, something called the Medicare, uh, the income-related monthly adjustment amount, that is IRMA surcharge, yeah. that uh, they get letters typically right around now, like in, in November, that says, not only will you be paying your $148.50 a month, and I think next yeah. year it's going to be like 155 or something like that, right? right. Um, but you'll also be paying a surcharge depending upon your income. Um, and, and for a single person, it's pretty modest income. It's only about $85,000, $86,000, I believe, uh, for an individual. That's, it's $88,000. If you're earning less than $88,000 a year, you're going to pay the, the standard premium for Part B. Right. If it's a married couple, it's 170. I think it's 177000 right. or less, then they will pay the standard Part B premium. Right. So you have a surcharge at those higher income levels. So I think maybe we'll save that, get into some more details for another show. But there are many people that hit that point where they have a bonus or they have uh, you know, husband and wife both working. Um, then they start maybe collecting Social Security as well and or perhaps start drawing on a pension then go back to work right and find themselves in that category where they get hit with this penalty and there are ways to 
uh, appeal that uh, uh, to right. reduce that that penalty, but it's not unusual for someone um, to be paying a husband and wife over a thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. with these yeah. surcharges and supplements and and uh, Part B premiums, etc. So uh, it, it can get pretty expensive if you're a high income earner if you can't get around it with that appeal uh, yeah. for that Irma surcharge. So are you seeing more of those as well, uh, Ray, with the with the surcharges uh, for your clients? Well, we see a fair number of them. And, and the way the IRS does this and Medicare does it and Social Security is they, of course, the IRS, Social Security and Medicare, they're all communicating with one another. So what they do is they look back two years at what your income was two years ago, and that's how they determine what your Part B premium is. So we see a fair amount of people because we're in Orange County, which is a pretty high income area of California. So we do see a fair amount, I would say maybe maybe 10% of our clients are paying some of the IRMA surcharge, but we're actively helping clients also to appeal. And we've had clients that have had that IRMA removed because uh, we help them appeal to, to Social Security, because after they retired, their income went down. And they could prove that, hey, my income right now is not the same as it was two years ago. And they got that, that surcharge, uh, IRMA surcharge removed or reduced. Are you telling me that the IRS communicates with Medicare and Social Security? Oh, I, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. <laughs> this is a dirty little secret. Our government agencies, they do communicate with one another. They want to know where our money is. And yeah. Get it. Oh, they can get more than $148.50 a month. You better believe they will. So that's um, traditional Medicare Part A and Part B with a supplement. So now we have Joe Namath and all of the celebrity pitchmen coming out of retirement to sell these quote unquote Medicare Advantage plans. So yeah. they started, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 1990s, correct? And this, well, is, this is what they call Part C. Um, so tell us how this works. And now we're getting into the meat of this uh, open enrollment period. And, and what is that all about? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up and brought our friend Joe Namath up. I love Joe as a football player. I don't like him as a pitch man as much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, Medicare Advantage actually has not always been called Medicare Advantage. It first started in the mid-1980s. It was actually introduced by um, Senator Edward Kennedy, believe ah. it or not. He was the first one that brought up these the, the, what they were referred to as HMOs back in the 1980s, because that's when HMOs were basically born. During the 90s, the HMO business ex began to expand rapidly and began to also have a lot of growing problems or growing pains. And actually, there was one point here in California where the HMO plans were not getting enough uh, revenue, enough reimbursement from the federal government. They actually dropped 900,000 seniors were dropped from their HMO plans. Wow. In, in uh, 2003, President Bush signed into law what became known as Medicare Advantage. That officially became its name um, around 2004. And in 2006, also then Part D of Medicare was introduced. So what we have today is we have a blossoming industry of Medicare Advantage. And here in California, there's over 30 different Medicare Advantage companies that are competing with one another. Um, they have improved a lot since the 1990s. Today, they have a, a star rating system from Medicare. So 
companies that have a four or a higher star rating are really pretty good companies. And basically the way it works is this. Now, what Joe Nath is doing, and you'll see a lot of this, your, your listeners will see a lot of this in the next five weeks. You're going to get bombarded during the Thanksgiving Day football game. Every other commercial will be a Medicare Advantage commercial. And I don't like it particularly the way they advertise them because what they do is they say, call us for our all-in-one Medicare plan. But they don't use the word HMO. They don't use the word limitations, network limitations, service area limitations, which all apply. So the way Medicare Advantage works is this, and I won't go too long on this because maybe we'll have to have another discussion on it. But basically, when someone enrolls in a Medicare Advantage plan, they assign over their Medicare benefits to that Medicare Advantage company. And now the federal government sends that Medicare Advantage company a check every month with your name on it for about $950, whether you come in and see the doctor or not. So it's basically a pooled risk concept, Don, where you're joining with other people, thousands of other seniors who are signing up, and the federal government is then sending that check every month to that Medicare Advantage company. The Medicare Advantage company is now responsible for replacing your A and B benefits and also in most cases, also providing prescription drug coverage. Does that kind of summarize it pretty well? Let me get this straight, Ray, just to reiterate what you just said. So basically, in exchange for me having this Medicare Advantage plan, I'll be insured with a company like, let's say, Humana. um, And the government gives Humana $950 a month to take me off of the Medicare roles for Part A and Part B, and then Humana will provide me with a benefit package that could include hospitalization coverage, doctors, prescription drugs, dental vision, that sort of thing. But I guess the trade-off is at that point, it's not true universal coverage, right? It's, It's an HMO, and my doctor that I love for years may or may not be in that network And if I wanted to go to a specialized hospital like uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering or the Hospital for Special Surgery, it may or may not be in that network. Is that pretty clear or correct on the trade-off, Ray? Yeah, I I think you pretty much summarized it. It's essentially managed care. And I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying it's different. It's different than original Medicare. And so as long as as long as the person who's joining the Medicare Advantage plan understands this and understands how the system works, then it's perfectly fine. And here in Southern California, there's huge competition. And most of them have a zero monthly premium to join a Medicare Advantage company. And, and here's the key point um, that you, you kind of hit on it, is that the Medicare Advantage company has to duplicate or provide the benefits that original Medicare provides at minimum. And then they can add on additional benefits if their revenue and if their business model allows it. Got it. And how about the fact that you mentioned with the supplement, if I needed to go to, uh, again, Sloan Kettering or New York Presbyterian or the Hospital for Special Surgery, and the bill was, let's say, $100,000, and I had traditional Medicare Part A and B in a supplement, essentially, I would be covered just about 100% for that bill. How does it work with an Advantage plan 
with those co-payments, deductibles, and out-of-pocket expenses if you do have a significant health event? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So the way it works is this, is as long as those, first of all, as long as those hospitals are within network, so that's very important. Before you join a Medicare Advantage plan, you should talk with a professional insurance agent who knows and understands Medicare Advantage well and can, and can actually look up your doctors and your hospitals for you. We do that for our clients. So you, it's very important have your insurance advisor look up your doctors. And if you have a favorite hospital or a hospital near you that you really want to, if you had to be in the hospital, that would be the only place you'd go. You want to make sure they're in network. That's the start with. Now, let's say you did have a hospital that's, that you like, it's in network. And, you know, God forbid you have one of those catastrophic events and you're in the hospital and your hospital bill is $100,000. Well, all these Medicare Advantage plans, Don, will have what is called an annual maximum out of pocket. And what that simply means, and the company and the plan will announce what that maximum out of pocket is. And it also will be listed on what is called the summary of benefits, which by the way, you should always get a summary of benefits from your insurance agent before you join any Medicare Advantage plan and read that summary of benefits carefully. So let's say in California here, a lot of them are about $1,000 maximum out of pocket. Got it. In the big metropolitan areas. When you get out into the more rural areas, you can see a maximum out of pocket as high as $6,700 a year. Got it. What that out of pocket means is that every time you go to the doctor, you're going to pay something. If you have to use an ambulance, you're going to pay something. If you're in the hospital, you're going to pay something. So as those payments accumulate, once you reach that annual maximum out of pocket, then all your medical expenses over that are covered 100%. Okay, got it. So basically, it's a trade-off between the uh, monthly premiums between a Medicare supplement, if you stay with traditional Medicare, and the Advantage plan premiums, as well as the out-of-pocket expenses uh, with a Medicare Advantage plan, where depending upon what your cap is, as well as whether your doctors and hospitals are inside of that network, right? So it, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but you hit on the key point. You really need to speak with a professional just to get an idea of where your, if your doctors are in network or not, uh, what your prescription drugs are, what hospitals that you, you'd prefer in, in the area and that sort of thing. So, um, let's just talk about these, these key dates, right? October 15th, to December 7th. That's what Joe Namath tells me are important dates, and I'm sure you would agree. Yes. But let's talk about this switching between plans. How much flexibility does a policyholder have? What are the rules and what are the restrictions? Okay. Yeah, we love Uncle Joe. Um, so let me explain what he's talking about on all these commercials. So from October 15th, until December 7th every year is what is called the, the actual acronym is AEP, which stands for the annual election period. It's also referred to as open enrollment. So Medicare open enrollment is going on right now. And basically what it simply means is this, is if you have a Medicare Advantage plan or a prescription drug plan, you can switch. Basically, it's a switching time. You can switch from one Medicare Advantage plan to another Or if you have a standalone prescription drug plan, which is part D, as in David, of Medicare, you can switch your prescription drug plan. So for example, right now, Dom, we have over 400 of our clients that have actually sent to our office emails 
requesting us to reshop their prescription drug plan uh, because the plan they were on, they've been on is either increasing the costs quite a bit or they've been put on some new medications. One of the things this annual election period does not apply to, though, is a moving from one Medicare supplement to another. It has nothing to do with Medicare supplements. This only applies to it if you are on a Medicare Advantage plan or a prescription drug plan. Got it. So you're you're basically here switching between advantage plans, correct? Right. And drug plans. But you can also, uh, my understanding, and you just correct me if I'm wrong, switch from a Medicare supplement to an advantage plan during this period. Is that correct? Yeah, you're right about that. I didn't mention that, but yeah, someone can go from a Medicare supplement, an original Medicare, and they can enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan. And then that little red, white, and blue Medicare card, once January 1st comes around, they wouldn't use that anymore. They're going to be giving it new ID cards from the Medicare Advantage company they joined. Got it. So the open enrollment period, just to reiterate, is October 15th to December 7th, but the effective date of the new coverage is January 1st. That's right. Okay, yeah. got it. So if someone has a prescription drug plan and they switch that plan during the open during the Medicare open enrollment, they still use their old prescription drug plan until December 31st. Right. So let, let me ask you a question then, um, and, and this has come up with clients, and, and I'm not sure if you've seen much of this as well. Let's say it's after the um, open enrollment period, we're well into the year, and it's April 1st, and client is 69 years old, goes out to play tennis, and blows out his Achilles tendon, Right. and needs special surgery, and he wants to go into a hospital in Manhattan, and it turns out that that hospital is not in his Advantage network if he has a Medicare Advantage plan. Mm -hmm. At that point, can he switch back to his old Medicare supplement plan or just take out a new supplement plan knowing that he's going to be better off and that plan will cover uh, something like the hospital for special surgery in Manhattan. Yeah. So the quick answer to that is no, he's pretty much out of luck to get a Medicare supplement. He can switch back to original Medicare. So that is allowed. Um, That's called the general open enrollment, which goes from January 1st to March 31st. And that person would be allowed to leave that Medicare Advantage plan and go back to original Medicare. But here's the, here's the little rub that most people are not aware of. When you join a Medicare supplement, you have to pass underwriting, except there's two exceptions. The first exception is when someone turns age 65, there's no medical questions asked, and they have a six-month window to enroll in a Medicare supplement with no medical questions. And the second special election is when they leave their employer group insurance. They can also buy a Medicare supplement. It's called, Don, the the official insurance industry term is called guaranteed issue. So they get a guaranteed issue when they turn 65. They get a guaranteed issue when they leave their employer. But if they're just been on our Medicare Advantage plan for a few years and something happens and they want to go back and get a Medicare supplement, the Medicare supplement is allowed to ask them medical questions and they can go through underwriting and they could get accepted, but they also can be declined. It depends on their health. Right. So in my example, uh, let's say it was April 1st, they're past that 
uh, January 1st to March 31st window, and they may or may not be able to get a Medicare supplement because they have to pass underwriting, correct? Yeah. Well, once they go past March 31st, they're locked in. God, they're locked in for the year. There's nothing they can do until the next open enrollment period. But um, if they if they tried to make that switch from January 1st to March 31st, they would have to go through underwriting. And we've had that happen in the past where clients wanted to go, you know, someone called us, they were referred to us, not our existing clients, but they were referred to us. And they wanted to go to this special alternative medicine clinic that accepted original Medicare. And I said, you know, I asked them, well, you know, sure, you know, what's the reason you want to go there? Oh, the reason I want to go there is I have cancer. If they have cancer, they get a, they can not going to be able to get a Medicare supplement. So big, big limitation then. You can switch between Medicare Advantage plans during the open enrollment, but you can't switch between Medicare supplement plans without the underwriting, which might restrict you from even getting another Medicare supplement, correct? Yeah. Or you can't go from Medicare Advantage to Medicare supplement guaranteed issue without going through some medical questions. Okay. That, that's really important information, Ray, about going back and forth and switching and what you can and what you can't do. And um, that's something that people really have to keep in mind. And I find that it's often that's an overlooked issue. So, you know, and we talked about the trade-offs. You might have some lower premiums with dental, vision, and hearing, but you give up a, a choice, a universal coverage uh, with the, the uh, traditional Medicare and the supplement, and we have this switching issue uh, going back and forth. So we talked right. about part A and B and um, the part C, and mm-hmm. let's just dig a little bit into part D, the prescription drug plan. So this is the newest section of Medicare. You mentioned it was started about 15 years ago. It's not terribly expensive, Ray. I mean, I see this. Actually, it's, it's really minimal in terms of the premium, but it's often very confusing to a lot of people. There's a lot of questions about what medications are covered, and there, there seems to be a lot of switching back and forth between these Part D plans. So uh, just tell us how this works. Yeah, sure. So um, Part D uh, first was uh, available starting in 2006. And Part D is the long-awaited and anticipated newest part of Medicare because it would cover prescription drug coverage. Prior to 2006, Don, for people on Medicare, there was no coverage for prescription drugs. And you may remember there was a lot of stories back in the late the 90s and the early 2000s about people going to Canada to buy their medications. Well, that was kind of solved after 2006 when Part D came on the scene. And it has been a, I would say this has been a super success um, of the Medicare program because Part D will provide prescription drug coverage. Now it is a little bit, as you said, it can be very confusing and complicated. So essentially there are four, what are called tiers to the drug coverage. Medicare Part D has an initial, what is called um, an initial coverage stage. After that initial coverage stage, they have a what is called the donut hole. A lot of people have heard about that. And then they have a catastrophic stage. So there's a deductible stage, there's an initial coverage stage, there's a donut hole stage, and there's a catastrophic stage. So the way it works is this, is there's over 35 companies that compete in the Part D space, and they have to upload all of their drug formularies and their plans onto the Medicare.gov website every year. So actually, we as insurance agents can go and shop 
for a prescription drug plan by actually entering in our clients' medications and the Medicare.gov website actually organizes all of the different, different Part D plans by the drugs you're taking and then according to sorts them by the lowest cost plan to the highest cost plan. So it's very competitive and it does cover medications. I think it's been a stupendous success from that point of view. Most of the companies, if someone's taking generic brand name, generic drugs, they're going to have very low cost for their medications. And like you said, the premiums are very affordable. We're seeing that the, the lowest premium in 2022 is going to be about $7 a month. The most expensive premium for a Part D plan, I've seen it as high as $167 a month. Got it. So a lot of the, the, the choice then is very dependent upon what prescription medications you're taking, correct? As That's to right. what plan. Yeah. So you could end up with, let's say, a Mutual of Omaha Medicare supplement plan and a Humana prescription drug plan, right? You could mix and match like that, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Right. Absolutely so that's, right. Someone, yeah. You do not have to have your Part D prescription drug plan with the same company that you have your Medicare supplement with. Got it. Good. So I'll tell you what, we covered a lot today, Ray. I mean, we went through, you know, I think all the basics, A, B, C, and D, and, uh, and the different nuances of supplemental plans as well. So can you tell our listeners maybe three, four mistakes, five mistakes to avoid during open enrollment season, and maybe a, a few money savings tips that people can enjoy? Well, yeah, I'll give you a couple quick tips. And by the way, I could go on for another hour here, but I guess we're going <laughs> to I guess our podcast, your podcasts don't go for two hours. But anyway, yeah, so a couple real quick tips. First of all, to enroll in Medicare, it can be done online. So all you have to do if you're just turning 65 and going on Medicare, you can go to www.mymedicare.com or go, go to www.ssa, that's Social Security Administration, ssa.gov, and then forward slash mymedicare. You create your own account at Medicare. They're going to ask you security questions. And you create your own account, you can actually go in and you can sign up for Medicare A and B right there online. A lot of people are doing that now because we're all pretty accustomed to navigating the internet and so forth these days. But if you can't, if you're not able to, or you don't feel comfortable about enrolling online, I'm going to give everybody the, the one toll-free nationwide number for Social Security, Don. That number is 800-772-1213. Again, that's 800-772-1213. They can call that number from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. You're going to have to wait on hold. Here's a little tip. Call during the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, because the wait times are a lot less. Mm. And you can even call after 5 o'clock in the evening because they forward calls to the Western states at that time. And so they'll still be picking up and your wait times are a lot shorter. The other little tip that I'll give everybody uh, today, Don, is you can go to a website. If, you, if your medication for some reason is very expensive medication, um, you can shop by going to goodrx.com. Mm. They usually have some coupons where you can get discounts on the medications that you're taking. And also, you can even go to the manufacturer directly. Manufacturers will usually have special programs for discounts on medications. We find that that's that's the area that is the, the biggest, I guess, consternation 
when it comes to Medicare is the cost of medications. Yeah, it's a good point, uh, Ray. And I've used GoodRx in the past, and we've saved quite a bit of money on that. It's a great website um, to, yes. to save money on the medication. So I guess some of the takeaways I, I've gotten from this is just be careful when you're choosing the prescription drug plan, right? As well as whether you, a, an Advantage plan is really to your advantage, as opposed to a Medicare supplement plan, and understand the flexibility or lack of flexibility in switching back and forth. So know that if you do choose that Advantage plan, and now it's June 15th, and you regret the decision, you, you may have to wait, or you could not be able to switch if you have a, a health problem that's going to uh, restrict your ability to, to do that. So a lot of good stuff. So we'll throw up a lot of links here to uh, on the show to uh, Ray's book and some of these Medicare um, sites that, that Ray mentioned that are good resources. But, you know, we've, um, we've covered a lot. It's been a true pleasure, Ray, having you on the show. I I, I learned a lot, and I hope those who listened did too. But please share this show, people who are listening, with your friends and family members so they can benefit uh, from the information. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on, uh, on Google, Apple, Spotify. Um, and, and here we, we certainly believe that a knowledgeable retiree is a more confident retiree, and a confident retiree can live a, a more purpose-filled life. So until next time, thank you, Ray. Appreciate the time. God bless Don, everyone. And, and Yes, Don, thank you very much for having me on today. And by the way, I'm a fan of your podcast, so I'm a listener as well. And I appreciate you giving me a little time today and enjoyed our time together. Likewise, Ray. Thanks so much. God bless and be well. You too. Bye-bye. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.